0: Hello, my praying people. This is Leanne McCoy. I'm the founder of the Prayer Clinic Ministry. And I want to remind you that the Prayer Clinic is a plug-and-play prayer ministry that will mobilize your church to pray. So many churches know that prayer is the single most significant thing we can be doing in order to um, experience the power of God working in and through our people, but very few of us know how to get our people praying. The prayer clinic ministry will get your people praying. We will um, show you and how easy it is to uh, teach your people to pray, to recruit your prayer team, to share the burden of prayer with um, many, many uh, members and leaders in your congregation, and to begin to track your prayers so that you can celebrate the fact that God hears and answers us when we pray. To learn more about the prayer clinic ministry, go to www.prayerclinic.com and, um, I hope that you will just get your church praying with the prayer clinic. <laughs> so there you have it. I, I am Leanne and that was my quick little infomercial about the prayer clinic ministry. I am passionate about getting our churches to pray because when we pray. God works. Our slogan at Thompson Station Church, where the prayer clinic um, was birthed, is that when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. He moves mountains that can't be moved in any other way. He breaks strongholds that hold us captive without Him. He uh, He does everything that brings glory to His name when we pray, and it is not that hard to get your people praying. Um, I'm here tonight, today, tonight, whenever it is that you're listening to this, to talk to you um, specifically about praying through pain. Um, I've got several situations that are happening in our lives. And of course, as members of a prayer clinic ministry team, we are constantly praying with people through their pain. Many times we find ourselves praying through our own pain. And so I thought it might be good to approach the subject of praying through pain. And so that's what we're going to talk about in this particular podcast. I want you to know that I have a blog post on my um, website, both uh, Leanne, oh n- not both. This particular blog post is on my website, leannemcoy.com and I spell my name L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N-M-C-C-O-Y.com. And um you can check this blog out and see actually it's kind of almost like a transcript of what I'm gonna share with you. So uh anyway, that's what we're gonna talk about in just a minute. What about when God isn't good? That's what I typed into the Google spot on my computer. I had just read the daily update about a 14-year-old boy who's been in ICU since Thanksgiving, and I'm doing this podcast on February the 1st. His dad had um, was reminding us that his son isn't the only child there in ICU in that hospital in Texas. In fact, the intensive care unit was full of children along with their parents who are desperate to see God intervene, to see the doctors be able to pull their child out of this crisis place, and um, trying to juggle the other children that are at home, trying to maintain their marriage, and just trying to live through the nightmare that is there every minute of every day. And to be quite honest, I had been wrestling with God as to why He doesn't heal this child. Hundreds of people are asking Him to do it. And sometimes it just is so painful to read the updates that I'll skip a day or two. But I was reminded that his parents never get to skip a day. They hang in there because it's their son. And he's their boy, and they're not going to give up on him. I don't know. I don't know why, why God doesn't just speak. Why doesn't Jesus just show up and say to this dad, what do you mean if I can Anything is possible if a, if you believe, you know, that comes out of Mark 23 when the disciples were trying to cast the demons out of the boy whose father brought him to them. You remember Jesus and a couple of his disciples were away from the group. In fact, they had just been up on top of the mountain, uh, that Mount of Transfiguration where they got to see Jesus in all of his glory. Can you imagine what that would have been like? But anyway, Jesus and they all came down from the mountain and they find his disciples um, in a, a pickle because this father had brought his son to them looking for them to be able to do what he totally believed or, or thought or hoped that Jesus could do. And his disciples failed him. They were not able to cast this demon out of the boy. And the father explained to Jesus that the demon would take his son and he would throw him into the fires. And he would, um, basically was trying to kill the boy. And... um Jesus was trying to figure out what was going on, and his disciples were frustrated. The religious leaders were there making matters worse. And Jesus confronted the dad himself, and he was basically saying, what can I do for you? And the father says, if you can do anything, please help my son. And that was when Jesus said, if I can, anything is possible if a person believes I can't help but think about that when I think about this ongoing, exhausting, and persevering and enduring um, ordeal that um, this mom and this dad are having with their son, their 14-year-old son in Texas. And um, as I was thinking about that and Googling, what about when God isn't good? I thought, well, what about the boy next to this boy and why doesn't god just show up today in fact and whisper the words and just clear out intensive the intensive care unit in that texas hospital and then come to think of it well why won't he just go into all the hospitals in all the world and destroy pain and suffering if i knew the names of every child suffering and i were invested in their stories i would want god to fix it for them too wouldn't you And then why would we stop with just the children? I mean, why not all the people who are stuck in ICU, suspended between life and death, and their loved ones who are desperate for healing? Why doesn't God just heal all of them? I know he's able. Why doesn't he do something? My insecurity, which could be considered, well, not could be. You know what insecurity is? Insecurity is pride turned inward. Insecurity is thinking not too little of myself, but too much about myself and too little of God. Anyway, my insecurity might would respond to this kind of difficulty in praying by, by saying, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Is there something wrong with how I'm praying? Now, my arrogance, which is also pride, arrogance is pride turned outward. My arrogance might demand God to give me an account. Well, if there's nothing wrong with me, and if I'm aligning with your word, and if your word says that when we ask, and especially where two or more of us are gathered, we can ask anything in your name, and you will give it to us, then there must be something wrong with you. And maybe I wouldn't be quite that bold, but I could say, is there something wrong with you? Or I could Google... What about when God isn't good? Oh, my praying friends, do you see how our natural sympathy, linked with our faith in a good, good Father, and exercised in mustard seed, mountain moving prayer, might set us up on this precarious path? We've got to be careful not to let the circumstances and prayer requests and burdens that we are trusted to bear. We've got to be careful not to let them become gateways that lure us away from the reality of God's goodness and the way that he demonstrates it in the world today. When we pray through pain and suffering, we would do well to understand God's perspective so that we can appeal to Him in a way that aligns with His character. We want to connect with God intimately, not foolishly play tug-of-war as if we could wrestle the answer we deem best from Him. In other words, we need to know God well enough to know what we can expect of Him and ask accordingly. My friends, don't ever shrink back from asking God the hard questions, but when you ask, press in with him long enough to get the blessing of hearing his answer. You know, that's why I love, um, who's the guy, Jacob, Jacob, who, um, left Esau, you know, he, he wrestled all of his life and he manipulated and he maneuvered to get what he wanted. And, uh, he, even though he was born second, he was hanging on to his, brother's, his twin brother's ankle <coughs> and wrestling with him. And then he stole his birthright and his blessing. And then Jacob went off and, and met his match in his uncle Laban when he worked for seven years for the, the daughter, uh, Rachel. But yet uh, his uncle Laban s- uh, snuck his daughter Leah in and made Jacob stay longer who work for, for Rachel, the one that he loved. And, you know, ironically enough, all this manipulating and maneuvering and certainly not godliness at all, was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. And how did he get those 12 tribes of Israel? It's hilarious. Well, it's it's funny in a funny kind of way. You know it was Leah having babies and then Rachel finally having a baby and then Leah giving her handmaiden to have babies. Well, Rachel gave her handmaiden to have babies first, and they just competed and all those guys that are the heads of all twelve tribes of Israel that are even represented in revelation when we talk about the elders, the twelve laying their thr- their crowns before the throne, all came from that kind of goings on in the in the day. <laughs> Um, but what I love about Jacob is when he wrestled with God, he held on and he refused to let go until God blessed him and God blessed him by, and changed his name. The wrestling match itself totally changed Jacob so much so that he changed his name to Israel, which means he who prevails with God and overcomes. Isn't that great? God loves that kind of wrestling. So I'm just saying to you that when you're when you're praying through pain and suffering and you really get bogged down in in it like I was that morning when I um when I googled what about when God isn't good? I didn't decide to just get all arrogant and puffed up and and pooh, you know, pish posh, I'm walking away. I didn't get that way. I was really wanting to understand how how am I supposed to do this? What am I supposed to make of this? How can we help people to understand, Lord, your goodness when we're going through things that are, that are hard? I mean, really hard. And um, so I'm just saying, don't shrink back from asking God the hard questions. And when you ask them, press in with him long enough to get the blessing of hearing his answer. And uh, that's what I was doing when I was writing the content of what I'm sharing with you right now in this podcast. The question, what about when God isn't good? It came right out of the messy, miserable mire of one ICU room in one Texas hospital where I found myself just because I am friends with the aunt and the uncle of this child. C.S. Lewis tackled this subject and did a very good job of it in his book, The Problem of Pain. In fact, I recommend that if you're dealing with pain and suffering, and, and you either are now or you have or you will, So um, get this book if this is something that is interesting to you and you'd like to dive in a little deeper. Now, don't read it while anybody's talking to you or while you're trying to multitask or you won't understand it because C.S. Lewis requires your undivided attention. (laughs) But his basic premise in his book is this. If God were to remove all pain and suffering, he would be forced to pull it up by its root. And the root of pain and suffering is... Are you ready for this? The root of pain and suffering is our free will. That's basically what C.S. Lewis is saying. Now, he doesn't say it in exactly those words. But as independent, free-to-choose, intelligent, image-bearing children of God, we have been blessed with an inalienable right to live independent of God, of the God who created us, the one who loves us. And with that independence comes inevitable results, the most unpleasant of which is pain and suffering. You see, God is not going to undo what his love compelled him to do when he created us in the beginning. (laughs) God is not going to abuse his power by diminishing our independence, even if it means alleviating our pain and suffering in the here and now. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't care, nor does it minimize his goodness. Because you remember, God is good all the time. Remember when the preachers used to have us do do that? They would have us repeat it out loud with them all the time. God is good. And because God is good and because God cares, he isn't going to sit on his mercy seat and turn a deaf ear to our prayers or a blind eye to our suffering throughout Scripture, you can find evidence of God grieving over the results and consequences of our independence. It begins as early as Genesis 4 when God confronts Cain out in the field and he tries to intervene and save Cain along with Abel and Adam and Eve from the pain of what God knows is the fruit that is produced from indignant jealousy. course, we know that Cain chose to ignore God's warning. He chose to do things his own way and wham. From the root of free will came the fruit of pain and suffering. And the first funeral in the Bible was that of a mom and a dad burying their child. I can't think of any kind of pain That is greater than that. And I know there are pains that are greater than that, but but you'd have to agree with me. That's one of the the greatest, especially if you are a mom or a dad who's had to bury your child. Then jump just a few chapters over. I mean, it was only in Genesis chapter 6 when the consequences of our independence grieved God to the point that he decided or that he chose to create a reset on the human race. This God who intervenes in the affairs of mankind continues to do so throughout the Old Testament, but not randomly. Every time God inserts himself in the affairs of man, he geniusly, albeit subtly, reveals his answer to the pain and suffering produced from the free will that he allows. God's genius solution was his ultimate plan to reconnect our independent souls to his love forever through the offer of salvation. All in all, God delivered 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament, and every single one of them was fulfilled in the Gospels. God wanted us to know that he already had the ultimate answer to pain and suffering that resulted from free will before the serpent ever slithered up to Eve in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. God's answer to pain and suffering is Jesus. John chapter 1 put it best In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into this world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. On my first trip to Israel, I had the opportunity to go into the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem, a portion of the trip that we rarely get to take anymore because of the tension between the Palestinians and the Jews. But on that first trip way back in in the December of 1995, I was able to go to the church of the nativity where you have to bend down in order to go through the door so that you're entering into the the holy, sacred space of God um, uh, in a humbled attitude. And then when you go into it, it's a Greek Orthodox church, has a lot of incense and strange, you know, things hanging that create the light. You take turns, but you go down, down, down into the basement of the church that is built over what is traditionally the site where Mary actually gave birth to Jesus. And on the floor in the basement of that church, there's a gold medallion that marks the actual spot. Now, you have to get past the fact that really, like how do y'all know this was the exact spot (laughs) that she gave birth? But you also realize that if it was not here, it was near And it is definitely a holy uh, experience to be in that close proximity to that reality of the moment in time when the Word who was with God, the Word who was God, who was with God in the beginning, who through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And that light came into this world in the same way any of us come into this world because he was both fully divine and fully human And in that place, Mary gave birth to Jesus, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only Son of God, full of grace and truth. I praise God that we live and intercede on this side of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God made the way for us to reconnect with him while exercising our free will. God made the way for us to reconnect with him while exercising our own free will as we get to choose whether or not to yield ourselves and humbly receive his gracious gift, extravagant gift of salvation that cost him the very life of his beloved son. So, so how then ought we pray Through pain and suffering. When we long for relief from the pain of this world and we intercede for others because we care about their suffering, let's pray deeper than, Lord, make it stop. Consider praying like this. Lord, show me more of you. Oh, God, show this child's parents more of you. Use this pain to draw them into your very presence where they experience the reality that you and you alone are enough. Because my friends, if we just pray, Lord, make it stop then where does that stop? If we say, Lord, make it stop for this one, and then just go ahead and make it stop for every child that's in ICU, and while you're at it, just go ahead and stop it for every child anywhere, and then while you're at it, don't just stop with the children. Do it with everybody. Oh, God, make it stop. Make it stop. Make it stop. And he says back to us, where do I stop making it stop? And when I do, where I have already stepped over the boundaries that I self-impose for myself, that it that." That takes away your free will because the free will independent that chooses to be independent of God and resistant to his lordship in our lives produces our own way and brings with it pain and suffering. So maybe we ought to also pray like this. Oh, God, have mercy on this family. Of course, I'm asking that you miraculously heal this child and end this ordeal. In the meantime, allow them to drink deeply from your love while they are depending on you for their strength and their hope and their encouragement and their endurance. And you're just getting started as you pray. Now expand the circle and, oh, Lord, let the hope that they find in you overflow on the other parents who are suffering in ICU. Let their suffering be used to lead moms and dads to salvation in Jesus. Thank you that through them, Jesus, you are there in ICU weeping and having compassion and encouraging and loving. Thank you, father, for trusting this family with this trial. Thank you for the way you are weaving this pain in the very fabric of their other children's spirits. Thank you that their children will have an understanding of your love that goes deeper than the mere expectation that their lives ought to be without pain. Thank you that they're getting to know a God who is not only with them in the hard stuff, but one who is using that pain to shape them into the image of Jesus, giving them the mind of Christ and settling their eyes on the world that is more real and more permanent and more precious than this broken one. Oh God, you are so much more than the one who makes the pain go away. Thank you, Father, for the beautiful expression of humility in this precious 14-year-old boy who smiles in the midst of it all. And that in that smile, his mom and dad and siblings and extended family and all of us who are interceding on his behalf, we are all reminded that even in the storm. That if it is well in his soul, it can be well in ours too. Oh God, let us have humility and peace like that. No matter what pain and suffering come our way. And my friends, don't stop praying until you ask God to give them what they really need. Lord, give them all courage and show us how we can partner with you in the best miracle of all. By sharing their burdens with them in prayer and expressing your love for them through tangible expressions of your tenderness and compassion with acts of kindness. You see, C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Problem of Pain, said this, When pain is to be born, a little courage helps more than much knowledge, a little human sympathy more than much courage, and the least tincture of the love of God. More than all. So my friends, do you want to know what this dad did before he closed out that day's update? This little boy who's been in ICU since before Thanksgiving, struggling with a very rare sickness that causes severe seizures. His dad reminded those of us praying for his son that the medical professionals are working extra hard under extreme circumstances to keep hope alive. For the parents and children who are in that place. And his dad urged us to join him in thanking God for them. That's humbling. Thank you, Lord, for beautiful sufferers like these. Who both challenge and encourage us. Be glorified in this. Amen. Thank you, my friends, for listening to this episode of the Prayer Clinic podcast. Today, we were talking about praying through pain and suffering. We may camp out in the subject for just a little bit, and we are praying for a little boy named Isaiah, that 14 year old child who's in a hospital in Fort Worth, Texas. And I just, as you are listening, just lift a prayer up for him right now. He's one of many. I would also ask that you would lift a prayer up for a sweet young woman. Her name is Abigail. And she has has a heart. Uh, defect that started prior to her ever being born has just blossomed into this gorgeous young woman, has had very minimal health issues, but is right now facing some pretty serious um, procedures that need to be done to continue to correct uh, that heart defect from the beginning. So when you pray, uh, pray for Isaiah and pray for Abigail. And I could go on and on and on because a part of our prayer clinic ministry is to pray over many, many issues dealing with health. And when you start a prayer clinic ministry in your church, your people will be praying specifically for for others who are dealing with health issues. And I told you in our last our previous podcast that I was going to start reading some of our prayer cards on the podcast. And so I want to close this a podcast about praying through pain and suffering and us thinking specifically about physical pain and suffering, I want to read to you our prayer card that we've entitled Health and Healing. My dear friend, if you have invited Jesus to live in your heart and rule in your life, then your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If cancer or fibromyalgia or depression or heart disease or chicken pox or yellow fever invade your body... Those things must bow down to the Lordship of Christ. Either God will heal you of your disease and bring glory to himself, or he will powerfully sustain you as you suffer and bring glory to God. That's a quote out of my book, Spiritual Warfare for Women. And here come the prayers. Lord, I know that you have borne my grief, my sickness, my weakness and distress, and carried my sorrows and pains or punishment. Yet I ignorantly considered you stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But Jesus, you were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my guilt and iniquities. The chastisement you received, needful to obtain peace and well-being for us, was upon you. And with the stripes that wounded you, we are healed and made whole. For this... I am so very grateful. And that was praying through Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, the Amplified Version. Here's the next one. Thank you, Father, that you were pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. You were beaten so we could be whole. You were whipped so we could be healed. Bring healing to my body, mind, and spirit because you have the power to do so. Another prayer from Isaiah 53, verse 5. Thank you for life and health and healing. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Romans eight, eleven, the New King James Version. Oh God, thank you for loving me so much that you did not spare your own son, but delivered him up for us all. How much more! Will you bring healing to my body? Won't you also freely give us all things? Romans 8, 32. Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, just as you did for the leper. Reach out, touch me, and say, I am willing, be healed. Matthew 8, 2 and 3, the New Living Translation. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. Three John 1-2, the New American Standard Bible. Father, the thief comes not... Wait, hold hold on. Father, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I know that you have come that I might have life and that I might have it more abundantly. Thank you. Oh, God, I claim that abundant life and that promise from John 10-10. I am the Lord who heals you. Oh, yes, you are. Exodus fifteen twenty six, the New King James Version. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, 2 and 3, the New King James Version. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, the New King James Version. Lord, you have said to me, you have seen well, for I, the Lord, am watching over my word to perform it. Jeremiah 1, the New American Standard Bible. I believe you will fulfill every promise you've given to me regarding my health. That was our health and healing scripture prayer card it's one of 11 scripture prayer cards that we use in the prayer clinic ministry it's a part of the prayer clinic ministry starter kit where you get a set of all 11 scripture prayer cards as well as everything else you need to start a successful vibrant dynamic powerful prayer clinic ministry in your church My friends, you can order just this card on um, the store that is located on my prayerclinic.com website. You can order a whole set of the scripture prayer cards that come in the prayer clinic ministry kit, but I want to encourage you most of all to get the entire starter kit and let me help you get a prayer clinic ministry started in your church. Keep on praying, my praying people, and let's be bold and let's be agreeable and aligned with the mind of Christ and the heart of God when we pray through pain and suffering.